Hello? <clears throat> Spirits of the Stone Circle, hear me. I invite you to gather here, in this place of ancient worship. Hello no! over there! <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I, I didn't mean to startle you. I... <laughs> ah, so, this is the Stone Circle, is it? <laughs> I saw your light. I'm sorry to disturb. I thought I'd come and investigate. Simon Coyle, how do you do? How do you do? I'm sorry, I thought I was alone. As did I. Don't know how I didn't spot you coming over the moor. No, I can't think how I didn't see you. Did you come from Gidling? No, from Runley, over the track. Ah, well, perhaps that would explain it. Yes, perhaps. Runley way. You're not a Gayford, are you? I... Hmm. To my shame, yes. Jill Gayford. Isn't there some sort of a shindig over at the Gayford place tonight? For Hogmanay? <laughs> oh, we find any excuse. My father has rather an interest in foreign calendars. This is our third New Year's Eve party this year. Half the world's there, I hear. Half a world. Not sure it's mine. Ah, a runaway. I'm the same. I've always been at peace in isolation. It's why I love coming out in the country. It chimes with my senses. I find the air here is harder. Harder? Yes, a harder character. It's more tangible. I prefer to be able to interact with the air. I don't like an obsequious climate. Spent some time in Brest three months ago and couldn't stand it. Felt the whole time that I was being made way for. Very condescending air on the continent. Ah, uh, I see. Forgive me, I'm rambling. In two respects. Ha! Anyway, what's your business in the circle on such a cold night? Raising Celtic demons from their slumber? Oh... Uh. I... Really? Is that what you were doing when I called out? You saw that. It was very entertaining. I suppose I was trying to draw attention to myself in some way. You were certainly doing that. So, it's ghoul hunting. Sounds silly, I know. By no means. Hogmany, the dark eve approaching midnight. <laughs> when better? It's only that... I read a column in The Pilgrim. I don't know if you read it. It's a local magazine. Read it? <laughs> I'm a staff writer. That's why I'm here now. I'm out in the field, so to speak. How extraordinary. <laughs> Not that I've found tuppence to report. Well, no doubt you'll be familiar with the piece, then. Remind me. I found it in the peculiar pages at the back. Some journalist who found himself in the circle last New Year and says he met with an... Apparition of some nature. I say. Doesn't ring any bells. Was there a name with the piece? It was entered anonymously. Not the kind of tale one would confidently own to. If one valued bread, that is. Well, anyway, I thought I'd come and see for myself. I see. A year to the day after the event. This incident was last New Year. 
Yes. And not one of your father's intervening New Year's. December the 31st, 12 months ago. How exciting. Do you suppose there's something special about it? Hogmany, I mean. Some gap in the crucial minutes through which other things might creep. Now you're mocking me. I assure you I'm not. Only that one never knows quite what to expect of a ghoul. One can't escape the feeling that the present options fall rather short of capturing their nature. How do you mean? Well, I'll try to explain. We have a minute or two before the hour. Sum up a ghost for me, very quickly now. Uh, a ghost? Uh, an ethereal manifestation of some deceased person which has returned to some sort of uh, corporate reality, possibly with malicious intent, or a message, or... Uh, see? You've already limited yourself. Why must a ghost be ethereal? Because Dickens' ghosts are. Why must a ghost be a dead person? Because of Marley. Why must a ghost be the bearer of malice? Why? Because of Le Fanu. Why should a ghost not be a visitation from someone not yet born? Or from a person who never existed in the first place? Could a ghost not be solid enough to touch? To share a handshake with? Perhaps a ghost could be nothing more than a timely encounter a chance meeting wherein some little knowledge is passed on, or perhaps a ghost might be some terrible, incomprehensible experience, overwhelming and formless and horrific, such as causes epileptics to fit. You make me more and more anxious that midnight should not arrive. Hmm. How long? Thirty seconds. Would you permit me to stay and see? If nothing else, it may inspire me towards some article. I'd like nothing more. Your talk of fits and frights has made me glad of company. Oh, my mouth sprints. It's an envoy of a scared mind. As long as my words are with my fears, my thoughts needn't be. Ten seconds. Shall we hold hands, do you think? What a nice idea. I shouldn't want to be indecorous. Here's my hand. Oh, it's cold. Yours too. Two seconds. Midnight. Indeed. All that worry for nothing. Pity. <laughs> but a humorous story. Yes. Well, thank you for accompanying me. I manage well divorced from the world, but it can be lonely. For us all, my dear. <laughs> Still, I have had a scare, a friendship and a disappointment. A most full and interesting beginning to the year, all things considered. We can only hope 1880 continues thus. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Wait. You mean 1881? 1880? <gasps> <laughs>
Hogmanay was written by Joe Welch and performed by Charlotte Bister and Daniel Richards with music by Ben Sutcliffe. This was an Algidu Theatre production for the Twisted Tales in Lockdown series recorded in response to the coronavirus crisis. To donate to Algidu Theatre at this difficult time, please visit www.algidu.co.uk forward slash friends and help us to continue to bring you original performances even when we are unable to tour. Thank you.